Hey folks, it's Jeremy, the host of Blamo. Thanks so much for listening. This is a preview of one of our exclusive shows on Patreon. These are member-supported shows, meaning they only happen because of our incredible members and community. So check out a preview of the episode, and if you like it, consider joining us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Blamo, where we have tons of exclusive Blamo episodes, shows, our amazing Slack group, and we're adding new things for members all the time. If not, no worries, we still love you, and we literally have hundreds of episodes of Blamo all free for you to dive into. Thanks so much. Josh Peskowitz has been through it all and has arrived at his true calling. His resume reads like a greatest hits tour of menswear and fashion. From the early days of the fader, men.style.com, to fashion director of Bloomingdale's, co-founding magazine, and VP of fashion for Moda Operandi. And now, he's guiding brands the way he always has with The Untitled Group. Josh and I chat about navigating careers, how he's helping brands get into retail, dope pet names, and finding yourself beyond a LinkedIn post. It's Blamo Extra, and Josh Peskowitz is back. We're in my new temporary showroom, and uh, I'm in a soundproof room. I've got Bette Midler with me. <laughs> That's a dog you're referring to for yeah. listeners? Yes. Her name's Bette Midler, and uh, we're chilling. Great dog name. Holy yeah. shit. Yeah. That's a Hall of we Fame dog. dog name, man. <laughs> we have another dog named uh, David Bowie, and um, he's he's 15 years old. We just adopted Bet during, um, like, over Christmas during mm. quarantine. And she's from Puerto Rico. Okay. And it just so happened that we adopted her on Bet Midler's birthday. And that's why her name is Bette Midler. And it's, we were actually, it's funny because I was talking with my dad and he was relaying a story um, of like him and my mom's second date. Um, Cause they, I think we talked about this last time we did this, but my dad and my mom are both from Brooklyn, but they grew up 10 blocks away from each other. Didn't know each other until, you know, they like got together. Mm. And my mom was living in the West Village at the time on uh, Horatio. No, uh, yeah, Horatio Street. And this is the 70s. So, you know, it's like a lot of hookers. And um, yeah, not the vibe at the time. Well, it was a vibe. Well, not true. The not the current vibe. Yes. Not the current vibe. Uh, but <laughs> on like their second date, my mom took my dad to the bathhouses to see Bette Midler perform with Barry Manilow on piano. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Needless to say, the son of a plumbing supply salesman and a homemaker from, um, you know, Midwood, Brooklyn was not necessarily well-versed in the gay bathhouse scene in Manhattan at the time, but he rolled with it. You know what I mean? He rolled with it. And so, that's anyway. So that's another reason why we had, like he had just been relaying that story when we got back. Oh, so that's another damn! Why we that. Yeah. Of all the like names that people name dogs, there's like you got Rex, you got like Lord of the Rings names and stuff like that, and it's like mad respect mm-hmm. to you, but you gotta you gotta have a killer name for your dog. Like our our dog that we had, R.I.P. Uh, her name oh, was Peggy. Sorry to hear that. Oh, that's all right. And like Peggy, Peggy, everyone was like, Peggy, oh, that's such a cute name. And people were like, oh, is it like from Mad Men? And we're like, no, it's just Peggy. Like, yeah. 
not yeah i'm not on this tip just chill yeah like i feel like you need to name your animals after humans or after other animals like i have a cat and his name is turkey you got a zoo over there two dogs and a cat we do we do um we do but that's okay you know yeah keeps keeps things interesting you know no kids yet so i think Mm. practicing with two dogs and a cat is uh gonna teach me something in a weird way i think maybe i'm gonna regret this because my kid's three but like a kid is a little bit easier than a pet because here's the thing say you hit the road if you go on the road you got to find someone to you know to uh to take care take care of the pets if you go on the Mm -hmm. road you just bring the kid along you say hey man here's an ipad and a coloring book go to town what's up yeah 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 um we know how to use ipads <laughs> the dogs know how to use ipads touche no, I'm, <laughs> I'm kidding um so what has been happening with you i mean we talked a while ago i mean obviously we did. In, in the world of of pesco you're you're moving a million miles a minute but what, what's been going on because the last time we chatted you were you were at magazine and yes you know, i was living in los angeles yep um, I had a store um, called Magazine, which some of your listeners hopefully would have visited or been aware of at some point. Um, and it was great. Uh, it was great. It was open for three years. And in twenty, the beginning of 2019, uh, we decided to shut it down. I was ready to move home back to New York. Uh, I'd been in LA for three years and I got a lot of love for LA. Um, I just visited for the first time in like two years and I missed it. I'm not going to lie. I missed it a little bit, particularly the people, um, my friends there, but you know, I was ready to come home. And so we, we, we decided to shut down the store. Simon Christoph and I um, made that decision and it was a hard one and a sad one. But, you know, it was the right time to do it. And, you know, knowing the climate of 2020, which I'm sure we'll talk about at some point, um, it was it was actually really kind of great that we that we had made that decision. Um, We didn't know that at the time, of course. And I was offered a job back here in New York as the vice president of men's uh, fashion direction and buying for a website called Mode Operenda. and they, you know, they had not had a men's business prior to the year before. They decided they were going to launch it in 2018. Uh, you know, they worked on it for the year, and then they launched it. They asked me to be a consultant, um, which I was doing while I was living in Los Angeles. And then they asked me to move back to New York to run it full time. Originally, I was bi coastal. I was going back and forth like every week or two. Um, between New York and, and Los Angeles. And that was not as glamorous as it sounds. Wait, really? Because <laughs> everyone I know that does that, they're just like, man, that's the dream. I'm bi-coastal. You know, Chris you Black, he's it. just like living, living the dream. Yeah, but Chris does it like every month and a half. <laughs> True. You know, if you do it on that time schedule, it's the dream. If you're in LA for a month and then you come to New York for two weeks and then you go back to LA for a month and a half and then you come to New York for two weeks. But with you're like... This week, I need to be in New York. Next week, I need to be in L.A. This week, I need to be in New York. Next week, I need to be in L.A. You lose two days a week on the thing. 
and it's mm, yeah. or you have to take the red eye and i'm old <laughs> okay yeah it's you know? i mean it's the red eye is a pain in the ass especially if you're not one who sleeps on planes it's just not a long enough flight between la and new york it's just not it's a five and a half hour flight in that direction and that's just not enough time like after you sat down and you know had your little glass of wine and whatever the next thing you know you may have closed your eyes for two hours you wake up and you're expected to then have a whole day it's just not sustainable over the long term you do it now and again but if you're doing it every week i'm no. not the one yeah <laughs> i mean i'm not so, so you were at moda which was yeah. popping yeah we had a good time we, we put together a really good team of people uh i was leading the men's side and we had Jonathan Rich, uh, who had been at Barney's for a number of years, and he and I knew each other. He was actually the one who sort of brought me into the fold at Moda originally, because um, he had been there before me, st- started the business, the men's business himself. And we had uh, Kelly McCabe, who I think you probably know, who worked at GQ for many years, and she was our style director. Um, so she did all of our photo shoots, and we had a really great editorial team, and we really we did, we did have, we had a vibe somewhat similar to what I was doing at Magazine in terms of the fact that, you know, we, we tried to put big name fashion houses on equal footing with independent designers based on the merit of the clothes, you know, that was yeah. really important to yeah. us. And so when we treated, when we treated our, our product in an editorial sense, we would have Nicholas Daly next to Bottega Veneta. You know, we would have VizVim next to Givenchy. Which is and, like not the, it was not the norm with bigger department stores and things like that. Like, you know, people had to be in their own separate wings. People had to be separated or even like in some cases, not, not calling out any houses would like, we can't be within X amount of feet of this brand. And you guys were really integrating and curating all that stuff. And the brands loved it. To be completely honest, I, we did it in editorial. A lot of brands do have specifications as to how they want to be shot for their product pages the pvp pages as we call them product display pages Mm -hmm. and you know there are certain brands that don't want to be mixed with other with any other brands it's not like there's a list that says we can't be with brands x y and z it's more like you need to shoot our clothes head to toe and there was a very similar there was very similar mandates when i was in magazines you know uh Certain brands said, if you want to shoot us for an editorial story, you need to use a a complete book. You can't mix and match. So what we really wanted to do with our editorial imagery and for some of the PDP pages is mix things together based on feeling, based on what they looked like, what they felt like, rather than this customer would buy these three brands. So we're going to put those three brands together. Our mentality was much more about let's introduce a customer to something new. You know, if you are a customer for, let's call it BizVen, and you're willing to spend those kinds of dollars on an item of clothing, you're buying it because you love BizVen. You're probably buying it because you have some some knowledge of the the quality or the process that goes behind it, the philosophy. Right, right. right. There's a a separate customer who has a different aesthetic potentially but feels the same way about product 
True. And at that and at that time, you know, this was 2019, it's become much more prevalent. But, you know, the idea of wearing like needles and Prada together, nobody was doing that at the time. But that was sort of the mentality that we had. We said there is there is a way that these two things make sense together. And so we would buy it according to making those two things make sense together. So that we could, if we were doing a specialty store like a magazine or something like that, we would have merchandise together. But we didn't have that opportunity with the, with, you know, online because there is no store to merchandise. But when we did our editorials, that was the way we treated it. And it was successful. The brands really liked it. But unfortunately, because of COVID and the difficulties that the whole world experienced, and I'm sure we will talk more about that, but the decision was made by the company to discontinue the men's business and really try to hammer down and focus on the women's um, to weather the storm, let's say. So I left there in July of 2020. For for me and other people that I know that know you, you're you've done so much in your career from things of like st- like men.style.com to guilt to park and bond to um you you know running your own show to like consulting for massive companies and brands that you now have like you're almost like this menswear mercenary in the in the best possible way that you can come in and fix a brand or come in and add instant validity and credibility to companies that are like, how are we relevant? How can we do this? And so like, that is such a rare gift that you have. We should, we should start like the, the menswear 18, you know, (laughs) dude. And just, and just have, and just have like um, a mercenary squad for hire that will just solve all problems. So yeah, I mean, COVID hit, and now you're 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 ready to roll. What was happening then? I actually didn't know what I was going to do. Uh, like, like I really didn't know what I was going to do. Um, you know, I was back in New York. Uh, I was in a new relationship. I got married during COVID. Um. And that was sort of like the best thing that was happening. But I also had lost a job that I really, I believed in what we were doing at Moda. And I think that the marketplace did. And I think that eventually the customers that we did have, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't as well known outside of the industry as, as some of the bigger, um, some of who would have been considered competition for online luxury sort of multi-brand retail. But we were doing something interesting and I, and I was proud of what we were doing. I was proud of what my team and I had been able to do, primarily my team. You know, that's, that's the most important thing. And we were, we were doing, we were doing worthwhile stuff. And so that being done, sort of, what do you do next? And to your point about being a mercenary, God, I never thought about it like that, but. Thank you for bringing me down a notch. No, uh, wait, no, no, no. I, I, me- I meant that as a complimentary I, thing. <laughs> okay. Thank no, you, I, well, I would I, never, I do, I do. ever do that. I'm just joking, man. I'm just joking. Okay. I, I, I really, I, I started down the path of, was I going to go work for another company? I started interviewing for those kinds of jobs. And... 
I I had a moment where I wasn't sure if it made sense for me to go back and work for a large company. And that provided its own set of its own set of uh, you know mental exercises that I had to do because if I wasn't going to go work for a big company and I wasn't really ready to start my own company again because that also was proposed to me, I just didn't know if I had the heart for it to go through the whole process of building a brand again like I did at Magazine. And you know, I I I love that process. I love what I did there. I love what I built with my partners there. I just wasn't sure if I had I'm just not sure if I had it to do again. Does that make sense? No, it makes perfect sense because wanna hear the rest? Join us over on Patreon. You'll hear this episode in tons more exclusive pods from the return of Sid Mashburn, Michael Hill of Drake's, Chris Gibbs of Union, Ilaria Urbanati, we got it all. You also get access to our private members-only Slack group where we chat about menswear and a bit of everything. So visit patreon.com forward slash blammo and we'll see you there.